Great news heading into Christmas. My family is all into adding alcohol into things where it doesn't belong. Like every Christmas. Like, like children? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Actually, I, I was given Buddha's as a child to shut me up. Yeah, it's worked brilliantly. That no, explains so much. Yeah, it really does. Um, so whenever we have Christmas pudding, you know, draped in, soaked in brandy, yeah. we also have brandy butter. Have you tried that? Oh, it's, yeah. It's mm. an extraordinary at our place, you can basically just, just have one scoop of that and you're absolutely under the table. So you're basically putting brandy on everything. Yep. So, so your ham is just doused in brandy. Your Christmas crackers are soaked and dipped absolutely. in brandy. Right? Absolutely. So I'm very glad to see heading <laughs> Your Christmas, Christmas tree is basically just a brandy bottle. It is. It is. <laughs> the perfect present for my, uh, for my soaked rellos. Gin Jam, uh, a company called Pinkster Gin, has decided to make jam out of the... Uh, the the leftover fruits after they've distilled their gin. What a fantastic thing to be able to have booze at breakfast on your toast. That's a great, like, Boxing Day hair of the dog, isn't it? If you want, you'll forget avocado on toast, just put gin on your toast, and yeah. suddenly that Christmas hangover is not feeling so bad. I mean, it's amazing, so, isn't it, that the royal family haven't thought of it? Because they love a marmalade. <laughs> um, they do. The Queen normally has a first Dubonnet and sherry or whatever mm. by lunch. Yeah. She really should get onto this in breakfast, I think. Do we know they haven't got onto it, but have just been keeping it to themselves? It's entirely possible. Like the reason <laughs> like the Queen Mum lived so long is the secret <laughs> gin breakfast. Yeah, the, the Queen Mum was fully pickled by about yep. 25. The reason Andrew made much, some of his more dubious decisions, maybe just a bit too much gin jam. It could oh. well be. We here at Radio Chaser were onto this actually ahead of the trend. In fact, last Christmas, we came out with the world's first breakfast beer. One boy had a dream. Daddy, wake up. I have a dream. Um, oh, that's all right, son. When you get older, your dreams will fade. No, Dad, not this dream. To brew a beer that Australians would be proud to drink first thing in the morning. Introducing Breakfast Beer. Daddy, wake up. Huh? Oh, I'm so tired. Here, have a beer. Instead of hopping out of bed, hops in bed with breakfast beer. Brewed with coffee, so it doesn't taste quite as good as beer without coffee, but at least it wakes you up. <laughs> ah, the only beer that's socially acceptable to drink in bed. Darling, get out of bed. Yes, love, I'll just finish my beer and I'll be right up. <laughs> and weird to drink in the evening. Well, I can't possibly have a beer. It's after lunchtime. Also available in decaf. <laughs> Mmm, delicious. Now you're just having a regular beer for breakfast. Breakfast beer. Wake up and smell the beer. Son, this was a good dream. Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. So did you see that story about Westpac? It broke last week. Unfortunately, I missed it. It sounds fascinating. Sadly, I missed it, Charles. Fill me in. Okay, so they got caught in a little bit of a money laundering problem. Right. A bank did something dodgy? Oh, I know. It's crazy. So, but the last time this happened, it was the Commonwealth Bank, and they did like 54,000 sort of money laundering dodgy transactions, right? And the fine they ended up with was $750 million, right? Wow. Three quarters of a billion dollars, right? So, Westpac have done the same thing, but instead of being like 54,000, they've done $23 million. Oh, my gosh. Dollars. So that's practically yeah. one dodgy transaction per person in the whole of Australia. That's right. And if they, if they, get, if they get the same fine as what Commonwealth Bank is, that's $37 billion stuff up. That's how Ooh. much their fine will be. 
Oh, I'm glad I don't have an account. I, I <laughs> withdraw your money immediately is my recommendation. I mean, it, I mean, anyway, I was just thinking, like, imagine being the guy who was in charge of that stuff <laughs> up and having to go into work and explain that to your boss. <laughs> ah, Jenkins, how's your work going? Good, boss. Hey, you've got an important job. Making sure our bank isn't used by sex pests and criminals. Yes. You saw the mess that the Commonwealth Bank got into over that. 54,000 transactions. They were fined billions for that mess. Yes, uh, <coughs> terrible. You haven't gotten yourself in a pickle, have you, Jenkins? Yes, sir. But this is much worse. 23 million transactions. Payments to offshore sex rings. Horrible stuff. All while I was in charge. Oh, my God, Jenkins. That is a balls-up unprecedented in Australian corporate history. The fines alone on that could bankrupt us. Yes. Uh, what are you doing? Champagne all round. Cheers. We have no choice but to immediately appoint you chairman of the board. Oh, thank you, sir. You've got a bright future, young Jenkins. With incompetence on that scale, who knows? One day you might even be Prime Minister. Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. Now, uh, Dommy and Charles, look, or uh, Chris, you know, we don't ever sorry. confuse me for Charles. Oh, sorry, again. sorry. I'm always, you're, see, you're not normally here, Chris, and I'm getting very confused. You could, you could sue me because if you use the wrong word, it turns out you can actually sue people. That this Canadian guy did this, mm-hmm. um, like he's in Parliament. I mean, we speak English here in Australia, and I think uh, you know things are only have they to be speak in English. a version of English. Well, some sort of English, and they speak some some Australian version of English in Canada too, apparently. Um, anyway. He's in Parliament. He's having a drink out of the water tap, the bubbler, and he got very, very annoyed because it, well, he, was drink, tap, uh, he was drinking out of Todd Carney. <laughs> Sometimes necessary to specify whether they're bubbling or yeah. pushing Sorry, the button. We should ban that word from Triple N, shouldn't mm. we? <laughs> Let's just call it the water fountain. Yeah. Uh, we'll DNRL this whole thing. And he'd only had the word push printed on the button in English, but it didn't have the French word for push printed on the button. So the guy sued the Parliament. Won and got paid sixteen hundred bucks. Wow! Yeah, because it didn't have the French word for push. He he, it didn't say pousse. Mm. The man was very very angry because he wasn't getting enough pousse. Yeah, Don- <laughs> Donald <laughs> Trump would have tried to grab it if they'd written that on there. Well, yes, I, I just yeah. love. I mean, there's one button on a bubbler. Oh, sorry, a water fountain. It's pretty obvious what to do with. I reckon I've got through all of my primary school without any mm. sign on that button. Yeah, no, I kind of knew what to do with the button. There was no text at all. I had How no, did we? no pussy. I had no push. Mm. I had nothing. I just I knew instinctively to push it if I wanted water to appear. I guess this guy just doesn't have your talents, Chris. Uh, you know, so he, he, look, he said it made him feel like a second-class citizen. He didn't like it. He, he said it should have had the prints, the, 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 the both words printed there. And I tell you what, Canadians have a terrible time whenever they eat out. <laughs> Excusez-moi, garçon. Yes, sir. Your restaurant menu is infringing my Canadian-French language rights. How so? Here, at the top, it says menu. Well, it is a menu. What's the problem? You only printed the word menu in English, not French. I'm pretty sure menu is also the French word for a menu. Then you should have printed both words on the menu. What, like menu, menu? Absolutely. Okay, I'll look into that. I am not finished, monsieur. Look at the first section of your menu. Um, entrees? Exactement. Where is the French word for entrees? That is the French word for entrees. No, it is the English word. The French word is entrees. Listen, maybe you should go to the restaurant next door. I would, but their sign only says restaurant. They forgot to include the French word for restaurant. Oh my God, I'm getting deja vu. You should also use the French word for deja vu. Sorry, that was a faux pas. 
Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. Now, look, I'm, I'm Christmas shopping already for my for my daughter. Are you that uh, guy? You've got to get... Yeah, well, I am that guy. Well, you kind of got to when you've got a kid. You've got to get in early, don't you? But uh, it's a bit alarming, this whole Christmas shopping for kids nowadays. It's all, it's all changed, apparently, because nowadays the problem with toys, at least according to the news, <laughs> is that they can be hacked. They can all be hacked into toys nowadays. Like This wasn't a thing. You know, when we grew up, my Smurfs... <laughs> Never got hacked Are you uh, sure? by, by any Russians, and uh, you know that my, we my... know of. Gargamel was well, <laughs> very a very nefarious character. Like, do you know what your Smurfs got up to at night when you were sleeping? How do we know uh, the Russians not. didn't like look, n- manipulate them into unusual positions? Look, maybe <laughs> so. They may have been interfering with with the, uh, the Australian electoral process. My Smurfs, even through, via <laughs> Russian agents, I don't know. Actually, yeah, to be to be fair, but today the thing about today is like. Um, According to this um, this advice, though, the problem with today's toys is they're all kind of wireless. This is oh. why. You know, they've all got this kind of high-tech thing. So there's a list, um, actually, the telly, well, I th- we should just chat about this list in the telly, but the risky toys okay. to watch out for. Um, smart toys, you've got to be careful, it says. So anything like uh, a smart teddy bear, apparently that exists. What's hmm. that, and a even, teddy who wears glasses? What? what, what, uh, what? <laughs> No, he's an internet-connected teddy bear. Chris. Well, what does he do no. though? What, what's smart well, about well, it? I guess he googles things about stuffing and fluff and picnics. I right. don't know. Um, there's also apparently there's an internet-enabled Barbie doll. Oh gosh! She can get, <laughs> what have you been doing, she, Ken? Yeah, I don't know. Why does she need to be on the on the internet? I suppose she takes selfies, does she, and mm. puts them on Instagram? Instagram. I, well, I I'm know. torn by this news, actually, Andrew, because, I mean, as a parent with a one-year-old myself, I'm very upset at the thought of any, you know, Russian hackers or whatever getting in. But, of course, I want to completely surveil and violate my child's privacy every 24-7. Oh, yeah. So I've got cameras everywhere for me, <laughs> yeah, but I don't want the right. hackers to get into them. Isn't it interesting? Because, you know, like you always hear those urban myths, which I increasingly believe aren't exactly an urban myth, that things like Google Home and Alexa can actually listen in on your household. Yeah, they totally do. Right. Mm. Yeah. So mm. is this just now, like, Mattel, the company that produces Barbie, they literally, they've got Barbie dolls that can listen in on your kid or, or you. Is this what's yeah. going on, potentially? I think it is, Tyler. Yeah, I think, I think every Cabbage Patch doll in the country is listening in to find out, to find any, out your habits. Are there any objects that aren't listening in on us right now? So, cause, you no, know, can, can we buy books for our kids anymore or even books listening in on us? I think they are, according to this list. Like, it, it's, it's got you know, robotic toys, uh, pets you've got to be careful of, um, you know, little uh, fluffy, uh, oh, you know, uh, drones that kids can have, like flying helicopter things. Look, They're all listening in. Um, <laughs> the <don't>... one thing... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the one thing you've got to be particularly careful of that apparently is internet-enabled, though, if you're going to give one to your kid, a computer. Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. Uh, look, a bit of news out of America now. And look, I, I know this show's... We, we've been a bit guilty about being down on Donald Trump. Sure. Uh, it's, it's been a scepticism, generally, across the whole <laughs> universal media, including the Triple M empire, that Trump, you know, hasn't got much done. He talked a big game in the 2016 election... You know, he had all these policies, and there's a general feeling that it's mostly been an administration of dysfunction, chaos, illegality, impeachment, you name it. It's, it's basically hasn't been going that well. There's no wall, and the swamp is still full. I'm here to shine a light, and just, you know, in the interests of saying it's, it's not all bad news, there has been an actual policy development that Donald Trump can take a bow for involving the U.S. Defence Forces. Oh, really? Um, as of this week, ladies and gentlemen... Donald Trump has passed a policy that all male Marines, that is, members of the U.S. Marines, can now carry umbrellas. (laughs) 
Oh, well, there you go. Well, well, let's, is, let, let's not criticise then. I mean, that's this is a landmark achievement. I mean, why this is, isn't this being talked about more? I, I mean, well, this the, is mission accomplished. Did he, did he launch this with a mission accomplished banner uh, behind him? I think on, just, written on a big umbrella. Uh, I think at least a mission accomplished tweet in caps and a few <laughs> words misspelled. But he's pretty happy with himself. Wow. Now, look, I I must admit I wasn't aware previously members of the US Defence Force couldn't carry umbrellas. Could, could, could not, because they, presumably they can carry things like heavy artillery and, and, and bazookas. Maybe but, that, um, that was the rule, that they were so burdened or so ob- obligated to carry, you know, assault rifles, that there, right. was, there was no extra hand to carry an umbrella. Well, it's the greatest <laughs> opponent we humans have, mm. the elements. <laughs> Everyone needs a third hand. We've, we've all got two hands covered with rifles. We need mm. a third hand to carry a brolly. Now, where the law gets interest, apparently for 200 years, female Marines have always been allowed to carry umbrellas. How, how genteel, but really? The, the male Marines haven't been. And the theory oh. goes is that they need one hand free at all times for saluting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you can't salute with an umbrella in your hand. That is true. I have tried, and it, it doesn't end well. Well, you can have your eye out. If you yeah, salute with yeah. a brolly in your hand, and the brolly's no. pointing the wrong way. Or, or even a fork or yeah. a chopstick. I mean, you shouldn't really carry anything pointy no. if you're a Marine. Anyway, so I don't know how they're getting around this now, what, what, how they're combining saluting duties with protecting yourself from rainfall. Mm. But the, Trump's allowing mm. it. What I'd like to see, though, because when, when I was thinking about this, you don't see many great portraits of war, whether whether they're paintings or photographs, you know, battle scenes with the troops carrying umbrellas. Do you know what, what are you I mean? Talking about Taylor, haven't you? Seen, haven't you seen like uh, those, those statues in Europe? They've all they've all got a little uh, little umbrella propped <laughs> like, up. Nelson's column. We all did um, our history. World War One was very wet. There was a lot of mud, you know, at Passchendaele yeah. and mm. the Somme. Not once did I see anyone from, you know, the Allies' side put up a brolly. Well, if you go back to ancient Rome, though, they had those circular shields and uh, they would form a, like a phalanx of the soldiers. They'd sort of come together like a turtle yeah. with the shields. You couldn't get through. So you think historians have had it wrong all these years. We thought that was an amazing sort of military strategy. That's right. They would just protect themselves from a bit of drizzle. Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. Yeah, Dommy, have you uh, gotten yourself an El Maco by any chance yet? No, are they back? I hadn't heard. They're back. They're back. The El Maco is making a return. Look, I don't know if it's out today. It's coming. Uh, yeah, what about the spicy shaker fries? Yeah, where you, where you put the fries in a in a bag and then pour a whole lot of uh, good stuff over the top. Flavoured salt. Yeah, <laughs> and shake it all up. It's it's quite the experience. It's the authentic Mexican experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is taken, taken straight from Mexico City. I've, I've been there. That's all they eat is El Maco burgers. They just eat El Maco burgers, don't they, all, the whole time? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, look, I thought I wanted to, I'd take you guys on a trip uh, a trip around the world uh, and, and, and we can sample some of the menu items that Macca's offers in different places around the world. Because, you know, I mean, we're lucky enough to have this Mexican treat here in Australia. Uh, but what in Italy, things are even better, I reckon, over there because they've got a thing called a croc. <laughs> croc. <laughs> can, you, can you guess what a croc is? Is it like a croc monsieur? That's a crocodile. Oh. Surely. Pretty close. Pretty co- It's not a crocodile. I think it's closer to a croc monsieur, except this is Italy. So right. it's, it'd be a croc, you know, Don Corleone or something. It's it's bre- It's actually, it's weirdly, it's a, it's a triangle of brie cheese, uh, yeah. which has been deep fried in crumbs. Wow. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. I, wa- yeah, I sounds, want that one. I know. I want that one immediately. Would you want this one, Zoe, in Malaysia? Would you want a Berber I am McD? Yeah. That's you would, Dommy. I definitely sounds amazing. Do, what, do you, what do you reckon? I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's chicken on top of something. 
What do Berber I am McD. It's in Malaysia. Is it yeah, on chicken fried rice? on top of? Is no, it on is top it ch- of further chicken? <laughs> oh, that'd Double be down. good. No, I think KFC did that. No, it's chicken on top of porridge. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, less enthusiastic than I was at first, actually. Yeah, are you still are you still keen, Dobby? No, no. Right. Um, how about this one? Like, you know the sausage and egg McMuffin? Mm. Of course. But if you go to Hong Kong Maccas, uh, <laughs> if you can fight your way through to get there, you can get sausage and egg twisty pasta. Amazing. And oh. Yeah. It's like spiral-shaped pasta in a bowl with just a sausage, <laughs> like a sausage McMuffin patty on top. Oh, yeah. So it's just like pasta where the where the where the helpful muffin that would really help you eat it would be. You've just got loose pasta. <laughs> yeah, you've got loose pasta oh, under a under great. a patty. But it's a big patty on top of it. That's yeah, just yeah. um that's just doesn't make any sense. That's an affront to the to the to the yeah. McDonald's empire. Tell you what, throw one at a cop in a protest and it will go down very well. <laughs> I'll take you to Germany. Now, um, you know, they've got one thing. You know they like sausages in Germany. Don't they? How many sausages do you think they managed to squeeze into one burger? <laughs> it's called the Nern Burger. The Nern Burger? I reckon four. Oh, Dommy, you actually, no, you, you're pretty close. Three. Three? There are three full sausages lying next oh to each God. other in the Nern Burger, dangling out of the burger. Looks absolutely amazing. And uh, look, finally, I just want to take you to the USA, USA Maccas, where you mm. can get this obscene construction with a mind-boggling number of unnecessary patties and buns. It's called a Big Mac. <laughs> Radio Chaser. Platinum Edition. Now, a bit of a tip, um, Chris and Dommy, for, for job seekers. Um, I think there might be a bit of an opening uh, you know, if you're prepared to move, and mm-hmm. if, if you don't mind taking on the duties uh, expected of a prince of the realm, uh, it looks like Prince Andrew might need a fill-in. Because uh, you know, <laughs> when, when, you say, when you say a fill-in, what what is this job? <laughs> Which I part of his rephr- former role is vacant? <laughs> I, I should rephrase that. Uh, look, I think all parts. I mean, he's, he's he stepped down from his job. He stepped down from his birthday party. <laughs> Oh yeah, everything's everything's been cancelled. He's been heavily cancelled. What I love about all this, Andrew, is it, like, he's, he's got to retire from public life. I reckon before this Epstein scandal, no one no one in the public was really aware of his life. You know what I mean? No. Like Prince Andrew wasn't that front of mind. Yeah, he got married in the eighties. I remember. I that think was big. S- since he married Fergie, <laughs> since that wedding mm. day, I've, that was the last time I gave him a moment's thought. Okay. And now all of this has happened. So it's, I'm sort of meant to feel sorry for a guy who's lost a job that I didn't even know he had. Well, he's spent yeah. years, Chris. What he's been doing, he's spent many years travelling around talking up the British economy, which is in absolute tatters. So he's done a spectacular job on that. <laughs> right. right. Well, look, if, if you're incompetent, then uh, why don't you apply? Are you a privileged upper-class twit looking for work? Announcing an unexpected career opening at Buckingham Palace. The Duke of York is currently on leave. You may have noticed his automated out-of-office emails if you're, say, a police officer trying to get in touch. We require a posh, toffee-nosed nitwit to cover Prince Andrew's duties. The following skills are essential. Being so inbred that your sweat glands don't function. Being photogenic. Please supply a portfolio of dozens of regrettable images from the past. And not knowing when to grant car crash interviews that turn the opinion of the entire world irreparably sour. Please supply a full criminal background check, which we will not read. In fact, we'll dump it in the bin and shoot it into the sun, because we're the palace and we don't want to know about it. So apply today to be a temporary prince. No interview required. In fact, please don't do one. 
Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. That's right. And now it is time for my absolute favourite deep investigative news story. And now an important breaking Kmart news update. Brought to you by the actual news. Yep, this is a story from the actual news. Headline, Kmart fans are now making mega Christmas baubles using yoga balls. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm sorry, what? Balls? Yoga balls? Yoga balls. You know those big... What, those big Swiss fit balls? Yep. Mega Uh, Christmas balls. They're too big to hang on a tree, aren't they? How big are these trees? Look, I have no answers for you about the trees. I can only comment on the balls and I shall continue to do so. Kmart lovers sure do know how to throw together an ingenious Christmas decoration using unlikely items. After all, who could forget the festive pool noodle table centerpiece? Oh, no. It's hypoling to another story for another time. We'll deal with it another time. (laughs) Now another fan of the store has revealed her latest decorating hack and we couldn't love it more. You know how you know how you're outside your home and you're like, you know what's missing? I got my fence, I got my door, got my post box. <laughs> what I don't have is some giant Christmas baubles. Oh. And she's revealed her techniques, like the Colonel's secret herbs and spices. She's revealed it. How generous. Um she spent mm. three weeks, three weeks, earth weeks, working on these supersized outside baubles, and they're finally finished. And pretty much everything is from Kmart. Uh, it's gym balls, some rope. Bit of paint <laughs> and an S star 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 load of patience. But this, uh, this this just sounds like the best way I've ever heard to ensure that you cannot use your Fitball for eleven months of the year. Well, look, your cynicism just has no place in this story because everyone else that they've you know all the people that they've interviewed about this, there's a number of quotes. <laughs> mm. You know, mm-hmm. it, they've all given it secret approval. OMG, amazing. <laughs> Just wow. This is so good. OMG. <laughs> That's been the Kmart News. Kmart News Update. Brought to you by the actual news. Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. Uh, now, a bit of science news, gents. I, I just try to raise the bar when I come into Radio Chaser. And I know I'm no Dr. Carl, but I do like to bring some uh, interesting tidbits from the latest science journals whenever I drop in. And this one I think you'll enjoy. Uh, this, this one goes out to anyone who's ever owned a dog. Do you know there's a particular direction? <laughs> How do I put this? When, when dogs go to the toilet, right. when they do a number two, they always do it along... The magnetic north-south axis. You've got they to be don't. kidding me. This is they scientifically proven. It's not. No. It's not. Well, I, why is this? Is that because, is that only dogs that have been microchipped with a big piece of metal in them? Look, so to, I, it orientates I, like a compass? It's an extraordinary fact, isn't it? And I now That's, basically want to, whenever I go out walking around my suburb now, just sort of take a compass with me mm. to, to see if it's true. Because well, well, any dog that's shitting east-west, I'll just have put down. Yeah, There's yeah. something clearly wrong with them. My dog, it is true, because my dog is a prodigious shitter, really. <laughs> and when we go out in the morning or when every, any time of day, he does circle around. Every time he's very fussy about where he poos yeah. and he, he twists mm. around to try and get the right position. And I, I wonder if he's just sniffing out where north. How does he know? How well, does he know? They've got a very good awareness of the magnetic fields. Can I, read, really? can I read you the science? Several species, but mainly dogs, spontaneously align their bodies with the Earth's magnetic field when going to the toilet. <laughs> A team of 12 scientists from Germany. Well, of course, 12, it's Germany. 12 people studying this. 12 people. What, did they all crouch around the, the poor dog while he was they, doing his they've business? S- they've spent, they've, they've observed 37 different breeds of dogs over a two-year period. 
Get this, they monitored 1,893 defecations oh. and 5,500-800 urinations. This is like, you know, ah, the, you know well. we do the census in Australia to find out about <laughs> These guys are doing the dog shitting census, basically. Mm. And their conclusion is, but overwhelmingly, dogs like to drop their business along the magnetic north-south axis. Well, I'm just oh, thinking, well. you know the famous uh, St. Bernard's in the Swiss Alps that rescue you? Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm just wondering, because they've got the, the brandy around their neck in the little barrel. When they're not at your Christmas yeah, yeah. giving the brandy, yeah. I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering if what they really do to, to get, get to stranded people out of the snow is they follow the dog along and just see where they poo, and that's the way out, oh, north-south. It's, oh, like, yeah. a, it's yeah. like a living compass. Yeah, you say instead of using the compass on your oh, iPhone, you you carry a massive St. Bernard's Carry a dog. <laughs> just, just, oh, a little, a little, it works with all dogs, doesn't it? A little lap dog, a little uh, chihuahua. You yeah, that's not bad. So scouts will now just all be carrying chihuahuas around. Do, do, Tell do, me, do they get confused when they're near the poles? Like, was this oh. a problem for Shackleton and his what? dogs? Did, did they just wander around totally at a loss as to where to shit? I think the reason they died might have been they went a bit stir-crazy. But what my takeaway from this research is, as Someone who does get a lot of his neighbours' shit all over my lawn. Is there a way I can somehow just eliminate any possible north-south position on my nature strip so it's impossible oh. for a dog to lay its turds? He's got to buy an east-facing house. <laughs> Radio Chaser, Platinum Edition. Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss? Yes, some stories from the news. I need Chris and Andrew to tell me, are they cat's pyjamas, i.e. good, or cat's piss, i.e. bad? Now, in Canada, uh, they're running out of grave sites. And so uh, there's a suggestion. A cemetery in Vancouver, the Mountain View Cemetery, uh, is suggesting grave sharing. Uh, they're going to just pl- two to a plot. You get to go in with uh, with a stranger. They're saying it's not a mass grave, but it's an environmentally <laughs> I'm glad they've cleared that up. <laughs> to share so, so Cambodia is not on board for this. This is just Canada. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a very special version of flatmate.com. Yeah, or I was thinking like Uber Pool, but forever. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> like, jokes aside, this is a serious issue in that the old methods of disposing of dead bodies are getting problematic in that there's just not as much land around as there used to be because mm. uh, Meriton keeps wanting to build apartments everywhere. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes sense. You don't need a lot of space as a dead person. I find, like, yeah, that's, that's true. Like, you, You're not going to get claustrophobic. What do you need? You're not doing Pilates. You're not doing yoga in the morning. So I, yeah. I, I think only sharing with one other person has been a bit, a bit coy. Well, it'd be good for swingers, wouldn't it? Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm cat's, cat's pyjamas on this. I think it's an excellent idea. And finally, a town in Lebanon has built a giant Christmas tree out of recyclable bottles. It's as big as sort of a three or four story building. Is that a great idea or do you think it's a silly way to use recyclable bottles? So if you imagine them all sort of stacked up in a big tree shape. Is this in lieu of trees? Like, they've got trees in Lebanon. Cedars, I've heard. Yeah, very, yeah. yeah, cedars are very big in Le- Lebanon. Yeah, I would have thought a more environmentally tree would be a tree. <laughs> that, that, that's what strikes me. It's like greenies going, oh, trees are bad for the environment, so what can we do? And no, 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 trees are quite good for the environment. Well, the strange thing is when you see the photo, you realise that all these bottles haven't been recycled to turn into new bottles. Right. I'm just yeah. wondering if this was the Knight family, based on what you yes. told us earlier, we, we already sort of speculated that you have a brandy bottle for your Christmas tree. Mm. You're probably absolutely cat's pyjamas on this because they've, they've got about 200 brandy bottles all piled up. Yep. We call it our empties. <laughs>